This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Welcome to the Wooverse. We are your hosts. I'm Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. And we are both energy workers and we are here to help you navigate all things woo-woo, actually. And, and look, <laughs> it might feel a bit woo-woo in your world right now. We have reached the pointy end of the year. It is the silly season. It can all just get a bit mental around this time of year. <laughs> and we are here for you, woo-woo crew. We are here to support you through Hanukkah and Christmas and the winter solstice or the summer solstice, New Year's transition and whatever else else it might be that you're <laughs> celebrating right now. It's a lot, isn't it, Lynette? Oh, my goodness. When you say it like that, it's like an avalanche of festivities, isn't it? We are, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to just find our festive cheer and have a lot of eggnog. And it's the kind of time of year where everything <laughs> slows down and speeds up. and We need group therapy. This is like yeah. group therapy. The, oh, my God, yes. The festive season. It, it is this time of year that, like, it's the festive season we're celebrating, but it can be really stressful. It can be really disconnecting. Mm. And so we're here to care for your energy and to care for your soul as we move through this festive season. And this is the time of year where we tend to come together with our group, our gang, our squad, whether it's our biological family or our logical family, we tend to gather with like-minded folk at this time of year, which brings us to think about who our people are, right? We do, don't we? It's kind of a period of homing and returning. It, it's a time mm. where we go back to ourselves and to our people or to something that was taught to us or yeah I really think that this is a period where our soul kind of wants to stop and find its way back home whatever that means and gosh doesn't that bring up a few emotions Oh gosh, doesn't it just? Because there is something really powerful about the clock ticking over and the end of the year and we do this every year, these traditions and these celebrations and we get to mark time and be together. So why is that so stressful and emotional if it's meant to be so joyful and wonderful? For all of those reasons, if you think about it, all the little molecules, whether it be from your biological tribe or from your soul tribe, spend all year having their own little space, oscillating in their own little frequency on their own little trajectory and journey. And for some funny reason around these times, you know, even it starts from Thanksgiving in the US right through, I go right through to Chinese New Year because my family kind of spans all of this, like Orthodox, mm -hmm. we celebrate Chinese New Year, we celebrate Thanksgiving because of my partner's family. It's, yeah, it's a big time, but all of these things require us to kind of gather and come together. So the molecules get squeezed together, mm -hmm. right? So you might have been able to have some feelings and they might be oscillating out there with a pretty big orbit. And then all of a sudden, eek, it's all getting squeezed back together in a little Is that lounge room. I function as a very fine, capable adult woman for 364 days of the year and then you put me back with my family for Christmas and I'm 13 years old again and I'm slamming the door and I'm like, you can't tell me what to do. 
Oh, I Does that explain had that? <laughs> some of my, yeah, most cathartic moments, you know, thinking, no, I've been doing this now for a really long time. I don't mind what layers the trifle goes in, you know, it's fine. Mm. Jelly on the bottom, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> and all of a sudden I actually do care whether it's green or red or whether there's almonds on top or there isn't or if someone's gluten-free or, yeah. oh, yeah. my God, yeah. it, everything comes to the surface. So there's that, right? All the energies are coming together. We're sharing the meal. I can't help but think how interesting it is that the Christmas story actually reflects this, like these two people birthing this child on their way into Bethlehem to be marked, to be reminded of where they came from, having nowhere to sleep. The first Christmas was pretty freaking stressful, quite frankly. There wasn't <laughs> enough was. beds for everyone to stay in. Who knows who was doing the food? We didn't get the presents oh. sorted. Oh, there's a baby being born. Oh, my God. Oh, a pregnant woman on a donkey. I have been pregnant <laughs> over Christmas. Look, I've never had a Christmas that bad, thank goodness. And I spent my time in a, <laughs> I spent my time in a pool. I was just floating. I was like a floating watermelon. So there's all of that returning and homing and homing for any reason, whether it be a wedding, a funeral, a baptism, a celebration, a ritual, it basically requires us to go back to something. And I think that in itself is stressful. The second thing is, please bring gifts. Please bring expressions of love and that requires energy and thought and money and it brings up all this insecurity and stress because it's not easy. I don't know. I try and do so much online now but if you've ever walked the pavement again back in a shopping mall, I went last week to the shopping mall to buy something completely that wasn't Christmas. I got sucked into the vortex quicker than you can imagine of the Christmas spirit. And I turned to this woman, I said, can you feel that? That is very, very stressful energy in this supermarket. And she's like, I know, people are buying now, buying food for their freezer for Christmas. So there's an energy of almost, am I going to have enough? What am I going to get this person? Am I going to have enough money? Anything to do with that chakra, the financial chakra, creates immediate stress in people's energies because it's around survival and stability and being able to generate and hold. Yeah, it's a very, very stressful time because there's all these pressures on us that we don't usually have. And yet what's interesting is it really should just be about celebrating or coming together or remembering or marking a change, but that hasn't become normal for us. And it probably is because of capitalism and consumerism, to be honest. Yeah, sucking the joy out of everything. So let's talk about that. Why do we have celebrations? Like, let's get back to to the spirit of the whole thing and the, the really underlying purpose. Why do we have celebrations? Why do we have rituals? Um, why do we have festivities? What's the energetic perspective on all of that? I think we have rituals because it gives us a sense of security in a really fast-paced world. It's unpredictable. You know, it gives us memories. We It allows us to cherish time. It allows us to stop, replenish, And restore. like show progression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it allows us to integrate. It allows us to have some kind of, yeah, absolutely give thanks. And, and I think also um, take a moment before we move forward. It just gives us that pause in time where we honour something or we create something as sacred. What's interesting is that throughout history, I mean, obviously it's been associated with certain religious experiences, but that's not necessarily what this is about. I mean, this is about 
just marking something because we need to do that before we just barrage forward. And this year it's the end of a decade. So it's really Mm. massive. In the midst of everything that's been happening, I had this realisation, oh, my goodness, we're actually ending a decade and that's actually quite big. And humans do love it. Like we love it when the speedometer of the car lines up to one zero 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 zero. Like we love it when it like (laughs) things line up and click over. We love it when the calendar clicks over. And granted, modern Christmas celebrations might be an absolute freaking nightmare for everyone involved, but there is something really important about celebrating, isn't there? And coming together and being with like-minded people and, and pausing, not just going to work every day, all day for the rest of our lives, but having these days where we gather and we celebrate and we, we make it, we prioritize it. And we go, that, and you know what? Everyone in our culture is having the day off today and we're all doing it together and we're coming together with tribe and community and family. Like it actually is really important. Why do we do it so badly? <laughs> well, it does. You're right. It does remind us of the interconnectedness of life mm. and it it does create a sense of discovery of who we are in that moment. Like has there been change? We do do it badly, I think, and it, some of that is because it has become this sacred experience combined with a commercial experience and there is stress in that. And if we can take some of that out, I think, and we can just come back to the sacredness and we can start to sort of find out what that is for ourselves, I think it does transform the period. That doesn't mean oscillating next to the atoms of certain experiences and people and even going back home to towns or walking down streets isn't going to be stressful because Just by nature, when we bypass back over lines of light and energy and memory, yes, our chakras return back to certain Mm. holographic patterns. So that, that requires mindfulness. But the concept of does the experience have to be stressful, it can be less stressful if we return to the sacred. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about like figuring out what are you actually celebrating here? Are you celebrating buying Mm. stuff? Because like if you are, like Mm. have at it, enjoy, make it a joyful Mm. experience. But Mm. if you're celebrating community or you're celebrating gratefulness or you're celebrating whatever it is, like focus on that, centre that, make that what the experience is about. Oh, but then it's so hard, isn't it? Because it is all the molecules coming back together. So you can be like, you know what? Fine. You know, I've realized that what I really want to do is celebrate this aspect of it. But everyone else in your family is like, no, 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 you don't understand. We have always done it this way. Grandma Jean did it this way 60 years ago. It's just how it's done. Have you ever had a Christmas where you practice just letting go? I had a Christmas revolution, maybe... Four Christmases ago, because I find Christmas pretty stressful. And on this day, instead of just stressing out all morning and then stressing out all day and then leaving early, you know, feeling stressed out, I went to yoga. I went to a really hilarious Mm. yoga class in the morning, like 8 a.m. Christmas morning, Mm. and they played nothing but like Christmas hits and 35 people sung Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart (laughs) at the top of their lungs in yoga poses. And it was amazing. And it was actually the Christmas that he died. It was remarkable. We were probably kind of singing that as he was dying, which was just wild. And then I just was in such a good headspace and I did all my work that I needed to do to be able to put my bullshit aside that then when I went to be with my family, yeah, it was actually really fun because I'd done a bit of self-care. I'd got out the feelings. Oh, I'm going to propose something that 
every Christmas you need to host a Christmas show. Good morning, because that is fantastic. I love that. And you'd make a rock and playlist. Yeah, that is totally true. I want to be practicing though. I needed a self-care. I'm not hosting it. I'm the student for that one for reals. That is a great way to create an alternative Christmas. It's Mm. much harder when you're in the confines of family and you have Mm. children. One of my my most amazing Christmases was actually before my children came along. It was our last Christmas just together and we cooked this very amazing meal and we just watched all our favourite movies and it was the stillest most beautiful Mm. reverend day. Like I think we did something a bit sacred, but really we just ate and watched movies and did nothing. And I was like, I think this is the Christmas that I've been waiting for all Mm. of my life. And now with children, it becomes not about you at all. Like there's thousands of pieces of paper flying up in the air. Someone's excited about something and someone else is not knowing how to work something else. It becomes very, very intense. And I had this moment two years ago where I decided I just have to enter Christmas in the most open-hearted, let-go space. Mm. Like I don't know what's going to happen. It's almost like a a Zen garden of let's just see where this flows and it's my job to just keep shaping it and try and make sense of it rather than think I've got any sense of control over it. I feel like that's a little bit like just going, look, the vampires have taken over the blood bank. We're just rolling with it. We've decided we're just going to go with it and just we'll just see where it ends up. Oh, look, anyone and you know because you have nephews but anyone who has – small children and has these big visions of tree decoration. Like we're talking like three-year-olds, five-year-olds. I have never, ever been so stopped in my tracks and had to reassess my expectations around anything other than when I first decorated a Christmas tree with my children and went, oh, my goodness, that looks nothing like. And there were baubles going everywhere and there were fights breaking out and there was trees toppling over and Yes, everyone was overexcited. Look, it could be anything, you know. It it could be a sense of some people have very difficult family situations. Other people's family situations are chaotic. Some people's issues are financial. Sometimes it's like you were talking about a loss of a loved one. We certainly have that this year where our loved one passed over the Christmas New Year period last year. So we're actually seeing this as an incredibly intense Mm. year and trying to create a whole new design around that experience. Gosh, I mean, you've just got to kind of stop and go, where am I? What am I going to do? And how can I best navigate the energies that are in front of me? Because it's not going to be the same every year. That is part of the power of repetition, which is the power of ritual and celebration and with these ones that come around every single year. And we are there every year, whether it's been a good year or a hard year, whether we're little or big, whether it's our first year on earth or our last year on earth, it does, it comes around and and it repeats and that's where the power is. And that is such a beautiful point because it is about just being where you are with whatever the year was, celebrating Mm. the humanness and coming back to that very sacred experience of I am here 
this is what is happening. This is the way it is. And it's not always going to be this way. But today Mm. or this year, this is what it is about. And I really think there's something very special in that. And and working out like you did, I think, what is it that I can do for me? Like one of the things I try to do on that day is – I, even if I can't get to somewhere that's very sacred, I try to say a prayer or certainly put some kind of sacred moment into my day. Even if that is at the end of the day after everyone has gone to sleep and there's one little light sparkling left on the Christmas tree, that's that's my thing. And the other thing is I try to make one cup of tea that is just something I can sip very slowly. I like that. Maybe with a few extra special cloves or something in it yep. with that chai and just say this is my Christmas cup. This is it. This is that space, that boundary and just soak that up and celebrate having gratitude. And ritual doesn't have to be big. And it doesn't have to be fancy and it doesn't have to be flashy. It can be as small as a mindful cup of tea that's taken Mm. for you to celebrate that your cup is full at this time of year and you get a Mm. whole cup filled up. And I think that's part of the key to having a joyful festive period is not necessarily going the big picture, but going the really small moments. Like here is my small moment where, you know what, tonight we just ordered pizza and we had all these things we were going to do and instead we just decided to be together and take it easy or or whatever it is, whatever it is that's your small little moments that you find amongst the madness. I think it's really important not to get sucked up in the build-up, you know, this Mm. build-up pressure. There's an energy pressure of it. And that, wow, the shops start putting all this stuff up and there's this music and everybody's wearing Christmas hats or Christmas pyjamas, Christmas earrings. I just can't do it. I just am like, it gives me it's hives. But I do love the fruit tart. As soon as I see those fruit tarts, I'm like, oh, that's something I love about Christmas. <laughs> I try mm. to take what I love and leave the rest. I think if you can ignore some of that build up, it really helps. Um, the other thing I think that's really great is bring it back to some kind of experience of nature, like going, where, where is my space? You know, like if you've got to go mm. home, where is the most natural part of the community? Is there a park? Is there a river? Is there a beach? Like, is there something you can yeah, go, yep. I'm going to go and sit there. That's going to be my special space. That's a really great idea. Yeah, it's a really good point because there is a lot of hype. There is a lot of it's expectation, really, isn't it? Let's yeah. talk about expectation and how we work with that and how we don't get stuck in the expectation and not in the the intention, I guess, or what it what we really are looking to celebrate. This is the one time of the year, isn't it, that you've just got to go, that has to be left somewhere in a little box for another time. Anything that you expect, you, you can kind of guarantee you're probably going to have to go through. I think the expectation is where you set yourself up for some kind of disappointment. You're basically holding this level of frequency that you want to achieve and there's so many forces that have to collide to create that to be happening. I Mm. think that that's where there's some kind of mismatch usually. Yeah, and your expectations might be different to mine and then we meet and then it's one time of the year that we're not just working with our own journey. Like we're really, there's Mm. many arcs and that's why it is so important to kind of think about whether or not this is going to be 
a year that you push or lead or whether it's a year that you just let go and flow. Yeah, and to go, what's my year been like? And what do I really want this year? Do I want big celebration? Do I want lots of people? Do I want like, do I want to host Hanukkah this year? Is that what I'm really, yep, okay, let's do it. Mm. Or am I going to cook? This is, yeah, am I going to cook? This has actually been a hard year. All I really want is to spend time with friends and family. How can I take the work out of it and the stress of money mm. out of it? How can I make opportunities that we just, we come together and we just keep it simple because that's what I really want. I think yeah, centering intention, figure out what your intention is and center it is a really good way to get through the madness. Yeah, it's kind of like having a survival strategy. Which yeah, what are your so survival good. strategies for the holiday <laughs> season? What have you got? Well, because there is now a really true necessity to buy gifts, you know, for children and all sorts of things, I really need to say that doing it early is one of the best things I've ever done. It That last minute energy is so stressful. I have done it at the very last minute due to a pregnancy and I just couldn't get there any earlier. And the very last minute, there was no one in the shops, but there was, it was very difficult for so many reasons. But I think actually, if you can plan, and it might be a time that you never, you might not be a planner, but I'm going to recommend some kind of game plan that starts early because you don't have to be caught in the madness if you can be a little bit organized. And that's my Virgo system builder there. But <laughs> Love it. Get a game plan, bitches. You can get this done. It is absolutely true. <laughs> I, I do think things get more expensive. They become sparse. Be inventive. Create. Because Okay, so my, my, my theory for getting through that festive season is do less. Yeah. Think about all the plates you're juggling. Drop yeah. some of them. Cancel a yeah. few things. Um, stay yeah. in a couple of nights. Simplify. Yeah. Make it smaller and see if you can in- enjoy it more. I mean, again, you're going up against like you, how are you going to convince the rest of your family but that, that, that's, <laughs> that that's fine? I don't know. But that's my theory is like minimise, go easy, mm. yeah, be more spontaneous. For sure. Do what sparks joy. Yeah, it's the things that need to be done. There's a lot of things that need to be done for these experiences. It's all right to say that if you're hosting Christmas you or Hanukkah or any festival, you do need to still provide food and set a table. And even when you do that minimally, it still is a big job. So mm. to plan and, yep, to let some things be simplified is an awesome idea. I think the other thing that people who really find flow in it have said to me is they've considered the food. Are they going to indulge or not indulge? What about alcohol? Um, How do you keep yourself in balance during that Mm. time? So I definitely in the last few Christmases have made a decision that just because it's there doesn't mean that I need to eat everything or try everything or be more selective about what my body might need or feel like Mm. um, because there's a hangover of that. And that can also make you feel quite depressed if you've just slammed your body and just slammed it. Um, But equally, you might decide, absolutely, I am going to have a great Christmas. I'm not going to think about it. And that's Mm, a great decision too, if that's worth it. I think movement is a really good way to get through Christmas, especially if it's emotional or especially if you're feeling a bit stuck around certain people and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to scream here. Afternoon walk, three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going for a walk. Can I come? No, no. (laughs) No, no, I'll just be, no, I'm just going for a walk. 
I, it's yeah. my fourth walk today, but it works. I think anytime you yeah. can like move your body a bit, it doesn't have to be a jog, but move your body no. a bit, move your mind a little bit, get some yeah. space, get some air. Yeah. Even if it's like you at home and you're getting stressed out by the logistics of it all, or if it's you with your family or friends or whatever, getting stressed out, go for a walk or have a nap. That's my other Christmas solution. Just have a nap. Oh yeah. There's a rhythm to the day and it, mm. and it really is one day or a couple of days like it passes I think if you're having a Christmas where there's not a lot of people around and you would like to be more connected I think that's something where you can go and find something to do to help serve and give others there are so many Mm. wonderful community projects on board and equally like we were always away from home for many Christmases and we used to have what we called like an orphan's Christmas or a gathering of people that we used to just say bring a friend like if you know Mm. somebody that isn't necessarily connected in the city bring them along welcome and and sort of have that as a very open house kind of experience you know which is also lovely yeah when I lived in Berlin um we always had the orphans Christmas it was generally Australians whatever Australians were floating around with no other connections at that time of year would always end up coming over to our house for Christmas and it was it was Christmas and clubbing we'd celebrate on the 24th and then go clubbing at 9am on the 25th oh god they were the days yeah (laughs) why not spread a little Christmas cheer around the neighborhood Look, we, we end, have ended up pretty bells deep uh, in Christmas at this point, but ritual celebration, it happens in every culture. It happens all around the world. It's a vast and varied experience. Mm. What, are, what are some of your favourite festivals from various cultures and ways of celebrating and things that are being celebrated? Well, for all the chat about what we just talked about, I actually love sacred ritual. Like I will go. Me too. I know I'm ragging on Christmas, but I I love a bit of ritual. I'm into it. I do. And, you know, like I frequently have a tear when I go to any ritual. I am 100% in. Like it is my thing. I am a spiritual tourist. So I will silence the world to stand at a ritual. So, yeah, I do. I love this stuff. The Lantern Festival in Thailand is one of my all-time favourites. I think the concept of sending light up to mark new beginnings, fortune, Mm. prayers being heard is very special. What about you? I love any kind of festival that is a light in the dark. And I think that's what Mm. I love about these end of year festivals as well. I spent Mm. a lot of time living in the Northern Hemisphere where Christmas Mm. is not a like, let's all hang out on the beach. It's like the really close to the winter solstice. It's it's cold Mm. and it's dark and you gather inside and you light some candles and it has a real element of we can get through this. (laughs) Mm. It's going to be fine. Like we let's all gather and celebrate that the darkness will go and the light will come and any kind of festival that's a little bit like the light yes, is coming that's beautiful and strangely enough there used to be like I did really celebrate summer solstice and winter solstice um both of yes. them when I was living in Europe and the summer solstice I'd always get a bit depressed because it'd be the longest day of the year and I'd be like well the only way is down really isn't it <laughs> and winter solstice was my favorite festival because it was the only way is up we have reached the turning point <laughs> it's going to be okay so yeah, yeah any festival seasons. that's like we're like a candle in the dark and it's going to be okay is a festival for me. There is beautiful ritual around food and the meaning mm. of food like 
in the Jewish mm. culture, there's so much meaning placed around mm. the food and the order of the food, which is beautiful. And oh my goodness, if people who can really cook and really love make that food, you feel it. Mm. You know, that yeah. to be welcomed into somebody's home and to be walked through those beautiful. So this is one of the most beautiful things, I think, maybe one of the most beautiful experiences you can have as a human is to be invited into somebody else's cultural celebration and have somebody from another culture say, come, come and I'd like to share my celebration with you. And they explain what we're celebrating and how it's done. And it's magic. It's connection. And it's, oh, it's Should we have cultural exchange? Would that help? I go to somebody's (laughs) family and, you know, we do a complete, that's how we do it. And I deal with their family bullshit and they deal with my family bullshit and it's amazing. (laughs) Everyone wins. (laughs) So food, light and darkness, absolutely, I'm with you there, sister. Music is another thing. Any festival Mm. that involves music, dancing, yeah, any culture that loves to do that, I'm 100% there celebrating with them. Yeah, there are so many things about these days that are so beautiful and that's what we have to come back to, isn't it? And as far as we know, only humans do this. Of all the species on earth, mm. we are the only species that that gather for ideas mm. and gather as like big groups together. When you think about all the people that are celebrating Hanukkah this year, all the people on earth that are celebrating yes. Christmas this year, all the people that are celebrating a solstice, these massive groups of people who don't know each other but are united through common mm. story and common celebration. Mm. As far as we know, humanity is it, like humans are the only species on earth that do that. It is very unique to us and it does exist in all cultures everywhere, celebrate and have ritual and gather. Why does Christmas suck so hard? Celebration and ritual is amazing. <laughs> what am I missing here? <laughs> it is amazing. And and when you think about the concept of what does that mean for me, where wherever culture mm. you come from, you know, does it mean you – buy yourself a new pair of pajamas and that's how you celebrate or does it mean that you're going to cook a good meal or are you going to put up the tree or light the candles just go to Bergheim, whatever we're in this amazing time where we can define and refine it and some families are blended they're blended culturally mm, they celebrate yeah, right? you Hanukkah get to enjoy and christmas and a bunch of different yeah, things yeah and mm. orthodox christmas and um, traditional Roman Catholic Christmas. Like it's yeah, this yep. beautiful thing where things are merging and people have all sorts of different blends of that. And I celebrate that. I think let's do that more often. There is that thing that I think you have to say, well, okay, what does this mean for me? I'm going to mark it out mm. and every year I'm going to do this. And it doesn't have to be vast. Like we said, it can be little and constant, yep. but it's the consistency. Yep. It's the I return that it's that homing concept again yeah i return return. yeah celebrate like marking the cycles marking the progression it is it's about what changes and what stays the same hey lynette what are your what are some of your favorite movies or stories um about christmas maybe or various celebrations Every single Christmas, my family watch the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, years ago. And now. Yeah. yeah, and all-time favourite, hands down, number one favourite is the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special. If anyone who's seen that series. but I do you love know, that. I that's my favourite. It's my absolute all-time favourite. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. my favourite Christmas movie, hands down, I watch it every year. This is my one little tradition that I do. I watch it every year, Die Hard. 
It's the, <laughs> for me, it's the ultimate Christmas movie. It's about how getting Did the family together that. for Christmas is a total pain in the ass, and you all will end up killing some people like to make Christmas happen. <laughs> but then it is also about how the Christmas spirit is about people over capitalism. And this time of year is mental. And that movie just captures it like no other movie. Also, young Bruce Willis, hot. I did not see that one coming. Yeah. What about music? What about what about songs? What about bands? What are you what reminds you of Christmas? I've got a spectrum here. One end of the spectrum obviously is the Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. That song has yeah. will never get Gosh. old. It's the perfect Christmas song. Iconic. Yeah. And then on the other end at the Pogues, Ballad of New York. But the Christmas song every year that I listen to every year just to make myself cry is How to Make Gravy. Oh God, I'm gonna cry just talking about it. How to Make Gravy <laughs> by Paul Kelly. It, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's like it's a story of um uh, it's sung from the point of view of a man in prison thinking about Christmas happening today and I'm not there. And it's just, oh, it's just like, it's like really Christmas spirit. It's amazing. How about you? Wow. Well, interesting. I don't think it's got anything to do with Christmas, but flame trees. Oh, yeah. That's pretty Australian-y Christmas. And the Sarah Blasco version is just even more off the charts. Because that um, is about memory and loss and coming back around again, but she's not there mm. anymore. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and this year that will hold special significance mm. obviously for my family. Mm. But you know, um Last Christmas by Wham, I can't yeah. walk yeah. into a shop yeah. and not sing that. Yeah, it's a great and song. I now have some funny feelings about mm. the lyrics in this, but Band-Aid do they know it's Christmas? I can't hear that song and not cry. I just think I know every scene of the bands walking in, singing that. That was really my teenage life. And I just hear that and I'm like, but transported back. So we, we are at these celebrations, the Christmas and the Hanukkah and the solstice of it all. But we're also reaching the end of the year. So it's not, it's like that. I think that's part of the reason this time of year is so mental as well. There's a lot going on. The clock is ticking over. Mm. We're thinking about the new year. We're thinking about renewal. Do you have any ways that you mm. like to mark the end of the year or do you do resolutions? Do you do... New Year's Eve has over the years became one of my favourite rituals. It was a time where my best friend and my partner and I, we used to always have a fantastic new year. I used to gather with my soul family. We'd have a lounge room ball. We would do burning bowl ritual. We'd say goodbye to whatever we needed to, write resolutions, you know, all these people sitting in someone's amazing living room Love overlooking it. the ocean, like writing, writing, writing and dance up a storm. We would dance until the sun rose and... I had to then translate that <laughs> once I became a mum and it wasn't as easy to sort of dance until the sun came up. And plus I see the sun come up a lot when kids are sick. And <laughs> From the other end of the, holiday <laughs> anymore. of the day. Um, yep. Yeah, so it's a bit different and, you know, but we still always do the burning bowl ritual. So I, on the day before, write down all the things that I want to be thankful for but also the things that I want to let go of, like that. It's time to say thank you, mm. but we're done or it's it's in the past. And then I sort of ritualise and intend and burn that in a big wok in my backyard or my big burning bowl. And then equally the next day I write down all my new intentions or mm. directions or focuses for the new year. And I find that so important. That is such an important thing that I do every single year yeah 
to celebrate what has been and what will come. Yeah. And be part of the co-creation. Yeah, yeah. And I like really like the anchoring in gratitude. I would say that actually the way to get through mm. any stressful festival celebration season is to anchor yeah. it in gratitude, not about what you don't have but what you do have. And I think that's so yeah. beautiful at the end of the year to write down what and I do this as well. I write down what I'm grateful for. Um, and then I've kind of realized that my year, because I'm born in March, so my year lags mm. a little bit. I'm good at the end of the year mm. of going, this is what I learned. This is maybe what I want to let go of. Um, this is what I'm grateful for. In terms of like what I want, that doesn't tend to come through for me until about March. So I just like to really stretch it out, you know, like just make that <laughs> new year period, just go on until I can make it all about my birthday. That does not surprise me. You have <laughs> definitely got yeah. the capacity to hold that party until much. I, yeah, I think that gratitude is absolutely one of the most important energies to bring mm. in through this time. What is great about this? What has been great about it? Even if it's been hard, what has been great about this? What's developed or what has shaped me or how has my gem been polished mm. in some way? I like to have a bit of a grieve or a bit of a tear or a bit of a remember. I, I do. I take myself down into that place a little bit because I, I like the concept of really honouring the journey, yeah. like to really see it as though it was a year lived. And what I've found is the more I do that, the more I'm aware through the next year of what's happening, what I'm choosing, yeah. where I'm directing my energy, why. I'm more selective about the choices I make because I know that that's going to be important for me to revisit. I think if you just let it go by and you don't mark it, you know, the importance of ritual, it, it can be a little bit like you start to become complacent about well, the you time get a bit you lost. have all the experiences yeah, you have. Yeah. yeah. New Year's Eve does seem to be a little bit more of a celebration that we get to personalise. Like especially with Christmas, it tends mm. to be the call to be with biological family. There's certain ways things are done. There's certain structures. New Year's Eve yeah. has a bit more freedom around it. We can be, we can choose to be with our logical family and celebrate in different ways, right? And more meaningful ways perhaps. Yeah, soul family. I definitely think that it's important to choose the way you spend the entry into the new year, definitely. Mm. Who you're with, the environment, how you set that up, I think that's pretty important. Many cultures believe it kind of sets the the bow and arrow into the new mm. year. Funnily, last year, because it was such a difficult day, I mean, 24 hours, we obviously could we didn't go out and celebrate in the traditional sense but we did do this amazing vertical puzzle of of this huge building structure and it was phenomenal so we built an entire structure last year going into this year that was our new concept and I felt really good to be building something. So mm. it doesn't always have to be about fireworks and champagne. Mm. Like we created something and then we put it in a beautiful cabinet. And the other thing, oh, my gosh, one of the things I love to do on New Year's Day is to head up to the Woodford Festival. And it really is one of those things where is there a place that you can go where you're around like-minded people all yeah. sort of cultivating an energy that's going to slingshot you? Yeah, how do you want to start the new? Beginnings are precious times, right? How do you want to start the new? And some kind of routine cultivates calm and ease. Like if you know you're going to head back into a, some kind of awareness or or plan, it replaces a lot of chaos. So it's good to think about it, good to plan. Mm. How do you want to feel? Can I ask you, what 
what have you learnt this year? We're getting to the end of the year. We're nearly there. Um, last year was really about vulnerability for me and, you know, I really tried to remain open and connect outward and that was big. I also wore a lot of hoop earrings in 2018 and really discovered the power of the hoop earring, which was awesome. But I think 2019 was a real kind of shock to my system to start with because it was marked by a loss mm. and then the whole year really was about working mm-hmm. through that morning and reframing life and many amazing things have come out of it but also just realising how profound loss is and how powerful doing this work is because, of course, when you really need it, that's mm-hmm. when it comes most to its fore and you realise that, you know, all the times that you're just doing all the anchoring and grounding and protecting really make mm-hmm. a big difference when something happens where you're out of control. So that's been awesome. But I also think I've had to learn boundaries because when I was really vulnerable in mm-hmm. 2018 and a little bit open, I also had to go, well, maybe I was too open. Maybe I didn't, you know, Mm. put some lines down and, you know, I had to trust that what I felt was right was to sort of create a new line in the sand around a few things, especially when you're going through a period of mourning and change. You need to protect your energy and I realised that so much through this year where I had to keep saying no to things so I could be there for my family and the other thing that was surprising was um, complete and utter joy mm-hmm. in simplicity because, you know, when you go through that journey of loss, you realise how important the little things are and the little moments. And so I feel really grateful that my joy for just the small things got redefined and that was nice. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. And again, this is the power of ritual, right? You can all of this amazing things that you've learned, you have a context for putting them in now. You can think about what you learned last year because, you know, the clock ticks Mm -hmm. over next year, you'll look back like and you can express all of these things that you've learned Mm -hmm. through ritual Mm -hmm. and through celebration especially if it is having a bit of a cry on New Year's Eve, right? Like if that's what you need yeah, to do. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a wahoo and a cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a blend. Yeah. What about you? What have you learned? Vulnerability as well. So I, this year I learned that vulnerability is strength and I don't need to have my armour up all the time. And I think I realised I just how armoured up I've been my entire life and how I don't have to live like that anymore. And actually mm. when I let my armour down, it gives everybody else permission to let their armor down and we can just be with each other. And that actually I feel better in that. Mm. I've realized I actually do Mm. feel better in that than having my armor up. So having vulnerability Mm. a strength and really learning to prioritize it and embrace it has been really big for me. I've learned that sobriety rules. That has been, sobriety has been the biggest (laughs) lesson of my year. Did not see that one coming. Oh my goodness. And it has changed my life and I love it. And I'm so into it. And, and also that it's probably time for me to commit to a sunscreen regime. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> I need to get serious about this sunscreen thing. Yeah. So maybe it's time for me to to buckle down and just put the sunscreen on. Mm, that's been my year. <laughs> yeah, a practical tip. Yeah, especially <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the sun of Australia. My gosh. I feel a couple of New Year's resolutions coming on. So what are our takeaways? What is important to remember in the mm. middle of the silly season? 
that this is about forging a deeper relationship with yourself Mm. and something sacred, like that there are ways to do this and navigate it um, so that you can have that experience and also asking the question, what's important to me? How do I want to feel? How can I create that feeling? What's my intention? What actions can I cultivate? Yeah, and what intentions Mm. can I go into this with? And to have a bit of an emergency plan, (laughs) like if things are getting a little bit out of balance and not feeling great, you can return to some of the meditations that we have in the UTC treasure chest. Scream into a pillow in your parents' bedroom. It's fine. Gold doming. Yeah. All of that, 478 breathing, all of those wonderful things that kind of act as little bolsters and security blankets Mm. during times of great stress. Yeah. Mm. I think the main takeaway here is take care of you. Take care of you, be good to you, have some fun, get your gratitude on. And carve out a little bit of space for the sacred and the part of you that can have a moment with yourself. You know, there's so Mm. much pulling and pushing on us to just take that moment where we close our eyes and give thanks to ourselves is just so powerful Mm. and important to say, hey, I did it. I made another year and I'm ready to start again. And on that note, we are going to carve out a little bit of space for ourselves. This is our last episode of the year. It's our last episode of season one. We made it. Like we made a podcast, but also we made it to the end of season one of the podcast. Well done. We did. And everything we've probably talked about is really culminating in journeying to Christmas. If you go back and listen to any of the other episodes, you go, oh, that will get me through the next Mm. period of Christmas. (laughs) All the tools are there. All the tools are there. So we are on holidays now until early February. So there's not going to be a Universal Treasure Chest episode for this episode. We is on holidays, bitches. If you want to keep in contact with us while we're away, you can find us on Instagram, WooWooVerse. You can find us at our website, WooWooVerse.com. You can go back and re-listen to every single episode um, and just do it all again. And keep looking out for the flamingos, right? Keep an eye out for those because they're... uh... They're a bit of a wink from the woo-woo-verse that you are floating out there with us. Yeah, you'll know that we're connecting when you see the flamingos. And we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has listened, everyone who has recommended us to their friends, everyone who has sent us such delightful messages, everyone who has rated and reviewed us on iTunes. We are so grateful for the woo-woo crew. Yes, we are. And thank you for helping us, you know, join together and help the whole squad vibrate higher. Mm. Yes, indeed. That's why we're doing this whole squad vibrating higher. Have a really high vibration holiday period and a really great start to the new year. And we will catch you in 2020 in the future. Yes. Hey, Lynette, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Support you. We support you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Wooverse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you, or if there's any extra work you've realized you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Wooverse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.